Welcome to Let's Talk Cake. I'm Carrie. And I'm Savannah. And on today's episode, we will be talking to Nikki from Sweet Lionheart. Cakes can truly just steal the show of a party. I approach mixing frosting the same way that I would mix paint. I'm ready to do more. I need to do more. Send me your cake recipes. Send me everything you have. I Send me everything. You know, baking is... It's such a craft. All of your senses are involved, and it's such an expression, and it's cozy, and it's so rewarding. Honestly, I'm sure everyone has been touched by cake in some way. Hi, you guys. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Let's Talk Cake, a podcast by cakers for cakers. I'm Savannah, and I'm here with my mom, Carrie, and together we own the dessert studio in Utah. So this week in the bakery was the first week that we actually were able to use our new space. So that was pretty exciting. We had our first consultation in the new consultation area, and it worked out just as well as we had hoped it would. It was comfortable, and yeah, it was good. It was nice, too, because we're excited that they can actually see the bakery. We're excited for them to be able to see that it's a real bakery and, you know, it's seems more professional yeah for sure (laughs) so that was cool we also got a big sugar cookie order for this weekend and so um we're actually gonna head into the kitchen right after this and start working on a big sugar cookie order with our new cookie person yes (laughs) first time we've had a giant order for her yeah so far it's just been little things here and there and this is a biggie so yeah our new space we kind of created like a cookie station so we have a fondant sheeter um, but we are a buttercream bakery, so we don't ever necessarily need the fondant sheeters. So it's great we use it just for rolling we out our sugar cookie dough and, and pie and all crust that. on occasion. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we've got a whole little station over there for Veronica to work on, and yeah, it's gonna be fun. And another good thing that happened this week is that, so in order to make space for the new bakery, we had to sell some stuff. And we had a really beautiful long bench that I loved so much. (laughs) It was 13 and a half feet long. And the only place for it was where our cookie area is now. I mean, it was the only spot in the whole house that had a long enough wall that it could accommodate that bench. And we had gotten it from an estate sale and I absolutely loved it. But we sold it. But the people who came to pick it up, I guess they didn't realize how long 13 and a half feet were because they tried to put it in their pickup and it was too long. It wouldn't stay in their pickup. So they said they'd come back with a trailer the next day. And then it sat in front of our house on the front porch (laughs) for like five days. (laughs) And so good news is they finally were able to come and get it because... I don't know. Kind of funny to have a a giant bench sitting in front of your house. (laughs) It almost felt like an unprepared cake pickup. You know, those people that just come and they're just like, oh, let me just grab it. I'll throw it in my car. We're good to go. Yeah. But no, you you need to prepare, have a good spot in the car, all that. But And it just didn't fit. It was going to kill someone on the freeway (laughs) if they tried to take it the way they had it. So, So that was kind of funny. But yeah, a 13 and a half foot bench. Our first consultation got to see the big bench in front, but that's all right. Oh, yeah. Was it still there? It yeah. was still there. Yeah. And then another thing this weekend was we had a wedding cake, and this weekend was super hot. Utah teases with you because oh. I'm so excited for fall. I love fall weather so much, and it's just so hot. But yeah, so we got a little taste of fall weather. It, it went down to like the 70s. Or low 70s, yeah. yeah. It felt so good. So it was nice. And then it just spiked up to the high 90s again. So Utah's a little teased. She loves doing that to us every fall. <laughs> but of course, we didn't have any wedding cakes on the two cool days. No. <laughs> it was the hottest day. So we delivered um, a wedding cake with buttercream flowers to an outdoor venue and it was the table that the cake was going on. <clears throat> Mom, I've got a frog. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> the table that it was going to sit on was right in the sun, and it was hot. It was so hot. And we so, knew it was not going to survive because yeah. they were having it set up during the ceremony, and then they wouldn't be cutting it until like the reception part started yeah. after the ceremony. So it was going to sit there for probably an hour, and it was right in the sun, and it was like she said, it was melting hot. Yes. So we had to move the table a bit out in the shade and 
We made it work, hopefully. Hopefully. (laughs) We haven't heard anything yet. We haven't heard anything bad, so. Buttercream flowers are always scary because you just hope that they're not just going to, like, start to melt off. Yeah, you don't want them to be all droopy. You want them to stay pretty. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, we do try to tell people, you know, if it's an outdoor venue, the cake does need to be in the shade, and it needs to not be out there for too long. But... I don't know. I think it was, it was, even it was under, probably in the shade yeah. when they set it up. But It was even under like a little like almost canopy type thing, mm-hmm. but the sun was just The sun had come down just far spot. enough that yeah. it was hitting behind it. So <laughs> they probably they probably did follow our guidelines and then the sun moved. So Yeah. But yeah, that that was that's always a little bit scary. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But it looked beautiful. The venue was gorgeous. It was fun. Yeah. So anyway, we're really excited today because we'll go on and get to our interview. We are going to be talking to Nikki from Sweet Lionheart, and she is in South Africa, Cape Town, South Africa. So let's get her on. Hi, Nikki. Welcome to Let's Talk Cake. Hey, ladies. Thank you so much for having me. We're so excited to have you. It's just amazing technology because we're talking to you from South Africa. <laughs> and it's Crazy, just, right? it's so cool because, yeah, it gives us an opportunity to get to know people from all over the world. And it's just amazing. So one nice shout out for technology. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, especially during this time now, right? So oh, can make this, for um, sure. Not even just across the world, but actually in our, in our own cities. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> For sure. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We're really excited to to visit with you. Honestly, your Instagram is gorgeous, and we want to talk a little bit about that too, but it's something that we noticed early on when we started our business. And so, yeah, you've been you've been on our radar for a while. <laughs> Thanks so much. It's always nice for us to hear. We feel like we're in the bottom, like the tip of Africa, and you kind of, you never... I mean, technology, again, it really just shows you how it connects us across the world. Just Absolutely, yeah. Images and um, kind of like-minded industries. For so, sure. Yeah, really cool. And it was kind of, um, it kind of stood out too that you were from Cape Town, South Africa, because my brother actually lived there for a short time. And oh, wow. um, I remember him emailing us or sending us letters. I can't even remember. I think it must have been letters, but telling us about <laughs> hiking up Table Mountain. And so have you ever hiked up Table Mountain? Yeah. <laughs> I have indeed. Awesome. <laughs> not often, but often enough. But cool. Yeah. Well, that'll be great. We'll have to be sure that he knows we're talking to somebody who is from where he lived for a while. So that's exciting. So tell us a little bit about your business and how you actually got started. Cool. So um, Lionheart is a all-woman team. Uh, There's six of us. And yeah, I'm the founder and creative director of the business. I am actually a trained graphic designer. And I started the business part-time after I did a course. It was a one-year pastry course at a really uh, well-known cookery school here in Cape Town. And I was working at the same time during the course. And I, at the end of the year of doing the course at Silwood, I had completely fallen in love with pastry and decided to start the business. But just to give you kind of like a little bit of, background kind of view I actually grew up in the kitchen cooking I never really enjoyed baking so it was quite a weird um, way for me to a strange place for me to find myself starting this cake business because I honestly had never ever thought that it would be this Um, I had an inkling that it might be in food but yeah going into pastry was definitely not part of the plan Um, so I while I was doing the part-time pastry course, I actually started posting what I was making each week at Silwood on my personal Instagram account. And just through doing that, and kind of, it was more a documentation for myself to see how I was improving and just remembering what I was making, essentially. And through that whole process, at the end of the year, I had people starting to ask me to bake for them. And I agreed to it couple of months later I realized I had a fully fledged business on my hands I still did it part-time for another couple of months but yeah it started out pretty much just a hobby that's amazing we we've talked to so many people who it seems like 
doing cakes found them instead of them finding cakes. Yeah. It's just something that yeah. just happens naturally because they're good at it and people see that. And so that's really cool. So you were working as a graphic designer while you were taking that course. Is that right? Yeah. So um, my design work was, it was all digital and I, I found that the whole kind of the creativity around pastry and cakes in particular, it, it really just bridged that gap for me between design uh, from a digital space into a more tactile kind of environment. So I, I think that's kind of what really drew me to cake design is being able to create something that is visually pleasing, but you can also enjoy it um, from a, like an eating experience. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Cool. I feel like visuals in our industry is so important. I mean, in any food industry is so important. I mean, when we go to a restaurant, if there are photos, we want them to look good. And if they don't, we might not order. <laughs> we want our food to look good. <laughs> yeah. And so exactly. you're, you're definitely a perfect example of that because like we've mentioned, your aesthetic on Instagram and your website and everything is just so beautiful and you want to try everything. So that that's the goal and you're you're succeeding at it <laughs> thanks thank you so much so you said it um, was just a few months that you were taking orders and working your full-time job and taking orders on the side at what point did you like make the leap into doing this full-time so what happened was I, I was very fortunate so the company that I was working for when I was studying um, it was owned by a friend of mine that uh, studied graphic design with me and she knew that I really loved what I was doing when it came to, when I started Lionheart uh, she could see that I was really happy and I actually was able to have my first kitchen in their warehouse where they were creating their products um they just we needed to move and i saw the opportunity and i asked you know can i establish my kitchen in the back of your place and they were very open to this idea and i was working half day for them and half day for myself so often i would arrive at work at like 5 6 a.m get some cakes in the oven um and then be at my desk at eight nine o'clock work for them until 1 p.m. and then head off to the kitchen again so wow. <laughs> it was it kind of worked it worked really well um for about six months and then once I realized I was just I, I was torn between the two too much um I really had the opportunity to take Lionheart full-time I'd also had my business partner um who's a really good friend of mine from school join me during that time in the very very early stages of the business and it made it easier knowing that I had somebody alongside me, as I'm sure you two know as well. It makes it so much nicer to have um, somebody to share the risks and the excitement and everything with yeah, you. And sure. yeah, Carmen kind of gave me that and I made the decision to go full time after we obviously had enough business coming our way, right. um, but also just having that support for one another. So when you went full-time, did you find a new space or were you still able to be in the same space? We stayed in the same space for about, I think it was a year. Yeah, about a year. Um, it became a little bit uncomfortable just because it was a super tiny kitchen, like 12 square meters. I, mm. I'm not sure what that is um, kind of converted, but it was tiny. And we were also at the back of like, a fabric warehouse <laughs> so it didn't really make sense like all of our customers had to wade through like rolls of fabric to get to us at the back of the of the warehouse um so it became a little bit awkward and it was time we outgrew the space um and also as soon as we got our first employee it was just like okay cool we need we need to move yeah and so you and your friend did you say your name was carmen yeah Okay, so the two of you were kind of, you were the founder and then she came on early on and now you've got four more employees? So um, Carmen left at the end of 2018. She moved back to London and oh, okay. then it kind of was just me as um, sole director and I've now got uh, five other team members with me. Oh, okay. So if Carmen was still with us, we would be seven. But oh, okay. um, yeah, it's the six of us and... Carmen was with me for about two years of the business and very much the crucial years of like getting started, um, 
you know, encouraging each other and really just kind of being shoulders to cry on because yeah. as, as you know, like besides for um, business in general, like cake is quite tough. You know, it's, it really is emotionally testing. <laughs> it really is. There have been many tears shed in the kitchen. <laughs> oh. All those macaron fails as well. Oh, like for sure. you... <laughs> yes, definitely. So you've been in business for about four years then? Yeah, it's just over four years now. Okay. Very cool. So what it feels does... like a really long time and also like it's been yesterday. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Time is crazy. <laughs> so what yeah. does your kitchen look like now? So you've moved from that little small space behind the fabric store. So what what do you look like now? <laughs> so um because everything we do is made to order, uh we're an online based business. Uh we don't actually sell directly to the public. So we're a closed kitchen, essentially. Uh, we're still in the same area as we were when we started out. We're just down the road, but our space is about 80 square meters. And we've got a lot more room to kind of like breathe and get the work done. And it's it's not a, it's not a beautiful space. It's very practical. So I'm, I'm very excited to be able to kind of move into a space where we can make it pretty and be a little bit more on brand. I find that as you're starting out, obviously you, you have to make a decision where you're going to spend your money. And um, for me, it's just, it's been trying to pay my staff uh, well, but also putting money into establishing an online presence that. I find um, kind of sells us better and we've got more visibility that way. So in terms of like the physical presence of the brand, um, like, you know, we have, we've got room to, to improve and make it better and on par with our online presence. But for us, because we're online based, we don't need to like spend a whole bunch of money on a storefront at this stage. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Very much sense. practical space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's hard when when we're dealing with things that are beautiful and making beautiful things. We we want everything around us to be pretty and nice. But you're you're right. We have to sometimes rein in those ideas and be and be practical so that we can make our business profitable first. So exactly, and I I think also a lot of the times we're, because we're so exposed to the like pinterest perfect kitchen uh you kind of want that for yourself but you also need to realize that you need to be patient and it'll come with time there's so many other learning curves that you need to go through before you actually can get to that point i think um unless you're like super lucky and you're able to afford it from the get-go but i think um we're also we're not taught to be patient in (laughs) the current like kind of day and age with our progress. Yeah, for sure. That's true. It's pa- patience is definitely something that we have to constantly remind ourselves to <laughs> patience be. Patience is my downfall in that. <laughs> Very cool. So we are in the midst of coronavirus, but let's go mm-hmm. back. What did your, what did a typical day in your business look like before coronavirus? Um. So I think, in general, it kind of hasn't changed that much in terms of our um, like daily runnings of things. Just uh-huh. because we are online based, we never had the kind of customer facing retail side yeah, of things. Yeah, that is true. So for us, it's kind of always been planning around the orders of the week. Um, so the the main structure of our day is our daily briefings at eight o'clock. So when you walk in the door in the morning, everyone, we get together, we talk about what's on everyone's lists, all the components that need to be made, all the orders that need to be worked on or completed, what's going out that day. And based on that, everybody has their kind of daily tasks. And if you need a hand, then you ask your team teammate, but um, everyone is kind of, it's, it's, it's like a, a puzzle that gets built each week. Uh, my kitchen manager, Natalie, she will take all of our orders and divide all the components amongst everyone. And it's very much a team effort to get everything out the door. Um, so it's like 
it's a structured mess. Yeah. <laughs> we know who, we, we know who's making the frosting. We know who's baking the cakes. Uh, you find out that morning when you walk in the door um, or if you check your schedule like the evening before, which cakes, which orders you're going to work on. But we try very much that everybody can do a little bit of everything so that if, say, for instance, somebody falls ill or somebody decides to leave the company, like there's never really a gaping hole. Yeah. And I think it's also just made it that the girls really, it's, it's such a team effort what we do um, from the design side of things to execution on cakes uh, to coming up with new ideas for flavor profiles and all of that stuff. Like it's, yeah, it yeah. is very much a team team effort. Well, it sounds, it sounds like a great operation and it sounds like Lee has... <laughs> a pretty invaluable job <laughs> so I think we all need a leave it's telling us all what to do <laughs> no it's um it's yeah it, I always say that as a creative person I don't have um I don't have much business kind of um, experience and everything that I'm doing with Lionheart and my team is it's always it's a learning curve every single day and I am very grateful for their patience with me because I like to trial and error a lot in the space that we're working in and we're all learning constantly. So I think it's very much a um, supportive kind of environment that we're trying to create with everybody um, honing their skills, but also developing in ways that uh, they kind of want to grow and remain inspired. Yeah, and that's where the best work is coming from. Yeah, and it's great in in cakes. The whole trial and error thing is <clears throat> it's such an important part of what we do because otherwise, that's when we get in a rut. Is if we're not trying new things, and not everything works, but the things that do end up working um, help take us in a new direction. And I think that that's really great that you've got a space there where that is not just not it's encouraged it sounds like you actually encourage that as part of their jobs so that's that's awesome thanks yeah it's um it's scary sometimes because uh you you kind of think like what am I actually doing <laughs> <laughs> uh, some days it feels like you have no direction and other days you just like cool I, I I know where I'm headed um so I I always like to say that I am suffering from imposter syndrome like maybe <laughs> half half the week and the rest of the week I'm fine <laughs> that's funny so about how many cakes on average do you say that you do it like each day or each week uh oof. it's always like the end of the week is always a lot busier so like from Thursday through to Saturday we could easily send out like 10 cakes a day um but then the beginning of the week is a lot quieter so and we, we're always working on other projects one of the things that's really um saved our business is being a diverse business so not just doing cakes but also um having our online courses and um we do some photography and food styling work as well in our space just because like I'm interested in it. I, I love photography. I love styling, but I also have the resources in my kitchen with my team. So um, cake isn't the only thing that's keeping us busy, but we like to also kind of limit ourselves to about 10 cakes a day, um, just depending on how design heavy they are. Okay. Yeah. So based on what you just said, so you do lots of styling, stylizing, you do content creation. So I know mm -hmm. that for so many of us cake makers, we kind of feel like baking and decorating the cake is like the main aspect, but aesthetic is so important. And so how, how did you kind of hone in on your aesthetic and what tips or tricks would you give to other cake makers who who want to kind of create a unified look for their Instagram, portfolio, website, whatever it may be. But yeah, what advice would you give to those who are kind of new at the whole stylizing and content creation part of it? I definitely would say as hard as it is, because there's so much inspiration out there, is to kind of double in a style that you enjoy and make it your own and stick to it for a good amount of time um, 
I do find like chopping and changing sometimes uh, you become a little bit, you feel lost and um, you're trying to mimic other people's styles. So it is important to create your own niche. I, one thing that it's very difficult for us because, and I mean, a lot of cake bakers, we're always working based on what your client wants. Um, sometimes you have a client that gives you full creative freedom and other clients, I mean, they're paying the bills. So you, you want to fulfill a brief as much as possible. Um, so making it your own. But for me, what has helped a lot is having one space where I photograph the cakes and using the same lighting. So for me, if you go and look at our Instagram page, you'll see that there's quite a few styles that come through. Our medium is always buttercream, but like maybe today we're doing textured buttercream cakes and then there's a couple of Victorian piping cakes in the mix. Um, we've got some like more cartoon orientated cakes where we're doing like buttercream painting and illustrations on fondant so there's quite a diverse set of techniques going on in our kitchen but I think what's tying it all together is the visual language that we're representing it in so it's the photography style it's the editing um, it's the way that everything's captured and put forth um, and I think that's that's quite important is to um, establish a visual tone and style almost for your imagery because your followers are so um, they're visually in tuned with what you're putting out there. You, you want them to be able to look at an image and be like, Oh, cool. That's, you know, Carrie's cake at Savannah's cake that, that they, they need to be able to see it like just through scrolling through their feed and not necessarily see the name. And it's so difficult to stand out in this time because we are like bombarded with imagery every single day so it is it's really difficult um but I honestly feel like if you have a hundred people that see your work and support your brand and your product versus a million people that see it but are never ever going to really interact with you like actually supporting your business whether it be through online classes that you do or your cake that you're selling like those hundred people are way more valuable so speaking to um an engaging client base is really important and i honestly think that that just comes through remaining consistent Uh, i think that's really good advice too and i think that so often we we do i mean it's it's really hard not to get kind of competitive and and you see the growth of somebody else's page or something, and it's really hard not to to chase after that. But you are so right that fewer followers that are actually engaged and are customers or are are supporting you is is just so. I mean, that's what we really need to be honing in on, and that's what we need to really be nurturing is is those that are engaging with us and following and and are our customers. Hundred percent. No, I totally agree. Yeah, that's really good advice. So we were we were doing a little bit of background on you to so we would know what would be interesting mm-hmm. to talk about. And we noticed that you are doing all of this while having diabetes. So can you tell us a little <laughs> bit about how that works into your into your business and how that affects the way you do things? Um Sure, 100%. Uh, it's actually something that a lot of people don't really, like, it's not something that I always, like, talk about, but I'm always happy to talk about it because I've tried to not let being diabetic define me. Um, so I was diagnosed quite late. I am now 30 years old, and I was diagnosed when I was 24. So it's uh, already six years. I can't believe it. Um, and I'm the only person in my family that is a type one diabetic. So there's no family history of it at all. And I, I didn't know much about it until I actually was diagnosed. And for somebody that always was very health conscious, very body conscious, it was, I kind of felt like my body let me down and, um, yeah, it's been very much a learning experience to actually um, kind of 
just love my body more and respect it for what it is and what it does for me. It's having type one has really taught me that, but also um, coupled with starting my own business and particularly in cake, which is very ironic for a lot of people. And I sometimes also struggle to understand why I've done it <laughs> and how I found myself here that I'm not like running like a juice bar or something, you know, making smoothies. Um, I find that it's, it's also taught me like a sense of balance. I am very much an all or nothing person. I, I do struggle with balance. So being a type one diabetic, but also working in industry where I am, I'm constantly surrounded by things that I want to try new, new ideas, new flavors that we want to try out. So it's, it's really challenging because everything that I put into my body affects me almost immediately from a blood glucose level or um, perspective um, so I have to be more conscious and yeah it's it's been quite a journey just to understand my body more um, I've also when I was first diagnosed I kind of I, I was in denial for quite a long time maybe a year and a half or so and I think with a, co- a combination of starting the business and everything I started to suffer from anxiety like quite intensely and that whole coupled with the diabetic burnout that I was starting to go through and trying to run a successful business I um, eventually kind of had like a little breakdown and started going for um, therapy um, talk therapy which is in like it's something that a lot of people don't actually like to speak about, like your mental health. I think it's becoming a lot more um, acceptable to speak about it, but it's just all of these little things that are happening in my life have led me to um, dealing with various issues from um, the relationship that I had with my body. And um, yeah, it's, I I, I now go for talk therapy like once a month. It's um, helped me so much in looking after myself, but also running a business that um, has a a bit more of a holistic approach from the people who work there to the products that I put out there. We try to advocate like, you know, balance through um, what we do. It's not like eat all the cake kind of (laughs) approach to to our business. I always say that we sh- we're using quality ingredients and um, our, pro- our products are more expensive, but we're also putting a lot more love or we put a lot of love into our products and it kind of all ties back to the philosophy that I'm trying to lead my life via, essentially. So more balance, um, eat the cake, have the insulin, and enjoy life <laughs> I love and, it and kind of where I, I love what you said about yeah. just being aware and and how it actually took you some time to learn to be aware you were kind of in denial and and how when you became aware you were able to do a better job of balancing and handling it all and I just think that that's that's a good life lesson and on so many levels health-wise and everything else too to just look for balance in our lives and also awareness. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's easy if we don't like something about ourselves or if we don't, we don't want to do our taxes or we don't want to do something that's hard to just kind of ignore it. But instead you faced it face on and figured out how to balance it and make it work for you. And in in spite of something that would be a challenge for most of us in the cake industry, um, you're making it work for you. And I think that that's a really good lesson for all of us to learn. Thanks. Yeah. It's, uh, I also, without the support of my friends, family, my fiance, my team, like it's just having those structures in your life really, it, it does help. So I wouldn't be anywhere without those people. Absolutely. And I think it's so important to just have our business and our life go hand in hand. I mean, they can't be two separate things because that would just be too much to handle. I think it is key that that it, they are together and that they are one, you could say. Yeah. So <laughs> it seems like what you're doing is, is keeping that one and you're keeping your life and your business together so that you can make both work 
and yeah i think i think that's a perfect example of what we all need to be doing yeah yeah it's uh, the one thing that i do find um quite difficult is uh to practice almost like non-attachment so knowing that yes like you're saying knowing that your business is um it's so much part of you but also that it shouldn't define you exactly yes that's it's you still exist without your business exactly Um, yeah even though it it is like 80 to 90 percent of what you're doing with your every wake waking breathing moment um it is difficult but just to know that it, it is really it shouldn't define you well you just said something i think really important you said that you didn't want to be defined by your diabetes and then you just said that we mm-hmm. shouldn't just be defined by our business either and so i think that that is partly what we need to do in becoming like self-aware of our business our health our lives our families our relationships so that so that we can be defined by pieces of all of them that make up the whole and hopefully make us into people that we can be proud that we are and if not that we can make adjustments so that we can become happy with who we are as people exactly 100 percent. yeah we're getting very way more into philosophy here than <laughs> i love it i love it <laughs> Well, you kind of sent us that direction. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, that's great. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, because I would imagine that there are probably people who aesthetically would love the idea of doing cakes, but maybe aren't because they think that something to do with their health or their, their life doesn't really lend itself to doing that. And I think that you're just a really good example of someone who has taken something that could be an obstacle. It could be a... A, a deal breaker and you haven't let it be that and you you've learned how to balance it into your life and and work it there in a in a good and healthy way and I think that's I think that's inspiring so thank you for sharing that with us thank you anytime and also like it's something that I um I'm always willing to speak to so if there's ever any listeners that you know want to talk about anything that might a similar journey that they're going through like I love to connect with people and hear where they're at and their thoughts on just dealing with life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So still we're not really going to cakes, but you mentioned you have a fiance. (laughs) Give us the details. So when's the wedding? (laughs) Ah, so, um, we've been together for seven years and, um, believe it or not, I never dreamt of having a white wedding with, a big wedding cake and a poofy dress so (laughs) (laughs) as much as I love cake um yeah we we got engaged last year in September and we had an engagement party for all of our friends at the end of last year and we just haven't we haven't set a date we are quite keen to probably just get married in court and have an amazing dinner and some cake with our friends and family like really small amount of people Uh um yeah i i find that we we celebrate so many other moments together um that yeah a wedding is just it's not like high up on my priority list. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry it, to say. It sounds it sounds like your kind of wedding would fit in perfectly with the whole COVID kind of wedding. <laughs> yes. So I know. So maybe you we should jump in sooner than later since it's like in style right now to have a small, cozy little wedding. <laughs> exactly. It's totally a thing. We could just do a little Zoom call, cut the cake, <laughs> do the vows, we're done. There we go. <laughs> well, congratulations. Yeah. That's exciting. Thank you so much. So Thank jumping you. back, we had an amazing engagement party. Oh, good, that's good. Good, good. <laughs> so <laughs> jumping back into cakes, um, do you have a story that you could share with us about a disaster of some kind and how you dealt with it? <laughs> so, I there have been a couple of like small little mini disasters, but this one will always really. Um, sit <laughs> sit on my soul um it was it was the last weekend that i was going to be off for this year before carmen my my business partner had 
just ended up leaving the company. So it was her last wedding for the time that she was with the business. And she and one of our girls, Natalie, they were doing the last wedding cake delivery for that day. I was still standing on like the beachfront here in Cape Town, sipping a coffee, thinking how amazing this day is, beautiful sunshine. And then I get a phone call saying, Nikki, the cake has fallen over. Um, you need to get back to the studio now. Um. <laughs> and the girls were on, on their way to the wedding venue. It was literally like 50 meters outside of the entrance of the, um, of the venue. And just the whole dowling structure that was put in place wasn't done correctly. And the cake slipped off of its cake board <laughs> and yeah the rest was history with that cake so um i rushed back to the studio we got all the cake that we had in so like what we were quite good at was baking extra cake <laughs> at a time when uh, we were kind of it was almost like we were prepared for this to happen yeah so we just took all of the extra cake that we had frosted it and um the cake that the bride and groom originally had, luckily it was quite simple um, in terms of the buttercream finishes, but it, it was elaborate in like the floral design, um, which we still had time to to fix. So we did like a full four-tier cake that was all fake cake except for the very top tier. So the bride and groom would cut into it. And then the rest of the cake, uh, we almost, we did kitchen cakes for to make up like the servings and the bride and groom were none the wiser that this happened um the it was just it was dealt with between us and the coordinator and yeah we got the wedding cake there in time and nobody knew wow so it was a disaster um that we a crisis very much averted I think uh, we all went into like this weird slow flow, like uh, pa panic mode. Like nobody <laughs> had the panic on their face, but everybody just got everything done. Uh -huh. I don't think I've ever seen cake get frosted that quickly. And it wow. still looked beautiful. It looked amazing. Um, yeah. So I just say that Carmen's last wedding cake uh, experience with the business was not fantastic, but it was eventful nonetheless well congratulations <laughs> yeah good job sweet just, thank you. <laughs> just out of curiosity how was the cake dulled that did not survive so uh, when we drive or when we transport wedding cakes we'll always transport them tiered just because uh, we're working with buttercream cakes. So when we get to a venue, it's very, especially in, in South Africa, like our summer, which is our wedding season, like it's it gets really, really hot. So working with buttercream is intense. So you don't have much time when you get to the venue to actually um, construct your cake. And it also just, you get in the way of being in the kitchen. So we dowel our cakes in our kitchen before we drive them. So we'll drive them tiered. And... Um, there is always a final dowel that goes straight through our cakes and this final dowel just wasn't it wasn't knocked into the cake board so oh, okay it just slipped off yeah oh, it was like okay. this the smallest kind of error and it just yeah yeah. wreaked havoc um, yeah we've learned <laughs> those we've those learned tiered cakes so. those tiered cakes really are like a construction i mean they're they're an architectural thing instead of just a piece of cake <laughs> for that's sure. for sure 100 percent. um and also just driving them it's I, I i think that that is every single cake maker's um nightmare it's just oh, transporting so stressful cake. it really <laughs> is on that. Oh. definitely the worst part of our jobs <laughs> yeah 100 percent. like yeah. i will make that cake a thousand times over but driving it no thanks exactly yeah, yeah we do a lot of praying in our car <laughs> oh man 100 percent. and then afterwards you drive like a crazy person because you're like yes exactly yes. you're free you can just drive how you want <laughs> oh and one thing we've discovered is you always have to be willing to get the dirty looks from other drivers and even maybe some unpleasant gestures once in a while because people just don't understand what we're doing <laughs> 
For 100%. Sure. No, you kind of just like, like I've often had uh, my fiance drive in the car with me and he's just like, these people are getting annoyed behind you. I'm just like, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> They're not driving. Okay. Yeah, they can do what they <laughs> want. Get right. <laughs> they, can, they can be as annoyed as they want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I love it. So just to kind of wind up, how, like, do you have any tips or tricks to people who are just starting out or um, people who, I don't know, yeah. Just some good advice. Yeah, good advice. <laughs> good advice. Um, I think it, it kind of, all of it's a little bit of what I've touched on already, but um, starting small, uh, being patient, and really just doing it, like immersing yourself in the work and diving in, making mistakes. Yeah. Just getting yourself out there. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think that's really good advice to to give ourselves permission to start small and then grow instead of thinking that we have to start mm-hmm. out like in the same position practically as someone who has been at it for a while. Because um, I think we become more and more uh, in control of the situation if it builds slowly and we're we're kind of prepared as we go along rather than just having everything kind of thrown at us at once and then it's like scary and overwhelming so I think that's good advice and and uh, if you were to finish the sentence cake has been a blessing in my life because what would you say it has taught me the most valuable lessons of my life so far it really has um, from loving myself and um, just working with amazing people. All right. Absolutely. Well, I love what you kind of said when we were kind of going into deeper non-cake related <laughs> stuff. You you mentioned we're not talking about cake anymore, but it is so true that cake really does teach us about ourselves. And it it, it is deeper than cake sometimes. And as cake makers, mm-hmm. we we do learn so much about who we are as as creatives not just cake makers yeah well said for sure well thank you so much it has been such a pleasure to talk to you and what time is it there in south africa it is now dinner time, 7 p.m. <laughs> awesome. We'll go have a nice dinner. Yes. And yeah, it was just so nice uh, talking to thank you. Thank you for taking time out of your day to visit with us. And we're excited for our listeners to get to hear your story. And we will um, for sure send them your way. That was so awesome, though. Just learning more about Nikki and her story. And we loved what she was talking about, how you need to have balance and Let's say your business is gone. You don't have a business. You're just, I'm just Savannah without being a cake maker. Mom is just Carrie without being a cake maker. Are we doing the things that we need to be doing to to be strengthening our own relationships, strengthening ourselves as individuals, like after the business? <laughs> right. Um, if you think about it, we are we are a, a sum of a lot of different parts and being a baker being a cake maker really is just one of those parts and so for the challenge this week we would like everyone to kind of take some self inventory it's not going to be a business challenge it's not about like building your business we want you to take some time this week to make sure that the other areas of your life are in balance if you've been neglecting your significant other take some time to do something nice for them do something that will help strengthen your relationship. If it's been a long time since you visited some family members, make that happen this week. Even if it's a phone call or a quick visit, um, if you need to strengthen some friendships, do that. We just really feel like the things she said were super important. When she talked about her engagement party and how they had family and friends and that was such a great party, um, that those are those relationships are super important and those people are behind us when we're working and they need to be a huge part of our life when we're not and so sure. do what you need to to strengthen one or more relationships this week yeah i know for me when i leave the kitchen and head to my own house and my husband gets home from work and sometimes we'll get like an email or some type of inquiry via instagram whatever it may be and I always 
it's hard to like put it aside because I want to in our business we always want to try and respond quickly to people just so that they feel like they're getting the service they need but yeah sometimes you do just need to put it aside set yourself some hours so that you're not on your phone when you're hanging out with your spouse or your friends or your kids or whatever it may be so yeah I think sometimes we just need to set guidelines for ourselves set hours because as business owners it is hard to set it's hours it's really hard <laughs> I mean, it's really it, hard to set it's hours it's our life but and it's hard to set hours in a business that really has no hours yeah. I mean we do the jobs when the jobs come and so it's really hard to make sure that we're setting aside the time for our family but we need to just make sure that those important relationships are not slipping by the wayside because balance means making sure that if the business wasn't there our lives wouldn't fall apart exactly yeah so, so that's this week's challenge and I think it'll be a good one I think sometimes we do just need to take a step back and recalibrate yep exactly um, real quick before we finish up, <laughs> I took some notes while we were um, listening to our interview with Nikki, and we are bad talkers sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I wrote two things down. I'm sure sometimes you guys listen to us and <laughs> just like, what did she just say? Mostly with me. I feel like I just say the weirdest things sometimes. But to start off. I was ending the interview with Nikki, and I said, so just to wind up, <laughs> like I'm getting ready to throw a football or something. <laughs> no, it should have been, what, what should it have been? I it, think it should have been either to wind down. To wind down or, or to, to um, finish up. Or to wrap up. Wrap up, there we go, not wind up. <laughs> and then mom, we were talking about, I guess, just like facing challenges or something and mom said you faced it face on <laughs> obviously should have been head on <laughs> oh, I don't know. so thanks for bearing with us guys <laughs> oh dear sometimes we're bad talkers <laughs> you can tell that um <laughs> sometimes the words are coming faster than the brain is working <laughs> but anyway Thanks for joining us. And <laughs> Thanks for putting up Thanks with us. Thanks for putting up with us. Bad talking. <laughs> yeah. And we hope you'll join us again next week because we will be talking to Dolly. Isn't that a cute name? She's so We'll cute. be talking to Dolly from the Royal Cakery in Dubai. Yeah. So it should be a cool one. And yeah, but seriously, just thanks again for joining us weekly. Thank you for taking part in the challenges. We love seeing what you guys are doing. And, of course, thanks to Corey, our producer, for all that he does behind the scenes. And we look forward to talking cake next week. Hey, everyone. This is producer Corey. I just wanted to say thanks for listening. Also, subscribe to the podcast and follow the Let's Talk Cake podcast on Instagram so you don't miss out on any content. If you do the challenge this week, tag the podcast in your post, and we'll share it in the next episode. Thanks again, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Thanks.